0: so the question that the buddhist teaching the entire buddhist teaching is is really addressing is the question of what leads to suffering and what leads to non-suffering like what leads to long-lasting welfare and happiness basically as opposed to what leads to long-lasting harm and suffering at least that's how one sort of puts it and it's so it's not this really abstruse complex philosophical question it's apparently basic question but if you don't know the answer for yourself to that question then there's kind of no point in asking anything else or anything else you're asking or doing should really be for the sake of gaining that understanding for yourself first that's also the that's also pretty much the definition of right view, having knowledge, internal internal clarity and knowledge for yourself in regards to what leads to suffering and what leads to non suffering. If you really admit I don't know, but there is the possibility of not knowing for myself what leads to the end of suffering, then then that means that I'm responsible for not doing it. Like if I if I don't know, that's only because I haven't made the necessary effort to to gain that knowledge for myself and so it's um it's kind of unpleasant to to admit that and feel the weight of that responsibility so like if you do admit that then if you if you recognize that you don't know or that your knowledge is at least severely limited um, or incomplete in regard to what what leads to long-lasting welfare and happiness versus what leads to long-term harm and suffering and you recognize there is a possibility of, of knowing, gaining that right view, then, so how should you, what can you do to start gaining it, to start, to start getting that, that right clarity and understanding? How should you think and how should you act? I don't want to just give a list, like there are specific things, um, and I'm going to come to them in a minute, that things that you can do, like behaviors, actions. But what ultimately really leads to uh, to to long lasting welfare and happiness and to the end of suffering is is knowing that the, that that for yourself. So not having to depend on somebody to tell you what specific things to do. And actually, that's also how you can start to understand your non understanding, which is which is a, which is an important thing to do. Like you can think think about the fact. That you don't what does it mean that i don't know for myself what leads to end of suffering or how to put an end to suffering you can basically see the limit to your own knowledge wherever there is anxiety or wherever there's possibility for like anxiety or fear um, or this kind of deep Doubt and uncertainty about the nature of things to be there, because and that's and that's um, already sort of revealing the the basic nature or structure of of things that um, that is the reason for that anxiety or the reason for that anxiety is lack of understanding in regard to that nature of things, um, and so like I'm saying that because. Um, that's a way of basically already directly for yourself without referring to what somebody else has told you you can recognize, okay, I don't know for myself what leads to the end of of suffering and I know that I don't know because I get anxious and because I'm afraid um, and now, okay, why am I anxious or what makes me anxious and afraid you can recognize that like really fundamentally the reason for that, for any kind of anxiety or fear is um, you can see that your possibility of managing your circumstances or your life in ways that, um, that, that that make you happy basically or that maintain your well-being maintain your happiness or that avoid suffering is itself basically contained within certain things that you have no possibility of controlling or managing so and that's why there's anxiety so like you might be able today to you know go to work to get it you know have um, maintain your living maintain your family uh, get enough food and so on but all of those things are only possible because your body is healthy because things are set up in a certain way that is working this there's peace in your in your in your country hopefully all of those things can change and are changing for somebody, constantly, at, at any time, at any moment, somebody is losing things on a very fundamental level, that means they're losing even the possibility of you know, doing whatever they can to maintain their own, their own happiness and avoid suffering. Um, and ultimately, like for everybody, no matter how fortunate their circumstances happen to be in their lives that applies because no matter what you do your life is 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 going to end in kind of a dead end or literally a dead end the the ending of death which really undermines if you think about it anything that you can do on a particular level um, to to maintain well-being or to avoid suffering Uh, i was trying to think of like an analogy for this whole sort of situation the best one I could come up with was um, that it's a bit like you're being held confined in a, in a, in a prison cell that's uh, that's with a guard a prison guard in charge of it and, and so you can ask the guard to give you things in your prison cell like give you food give you things to to do give you whatever you give you whatever you want, might want to ask him for um and and he if he's in a good mood if he's uh well disposed towards you he might he gives them to you basically so the, the guard um is your means of accessing everything that you have in this prison cell um but that's up to the guard whether he gives them to you or not and ultimately he's the one holding you in that prison cell and he's not holding the holding you there with uh, with, your, uh, with your happiness in mind he's holding there as a prison guard to keep you prisoner he doesn't have your best interests at heart so what this basically represents is like the, the, the prison cell is kind of your entire life your situation um, with the guard there representing basically your body and senses that are kind of your means of accessing anything in particular or doing anything in particular in your life or any particular pleasures um, that you might get you can only get them on account of of your body and your senses which as long as they're working and as long as they're kind of uh, treating you well it it goes okay but um what people what it's what you forget or it's pleasant to, to not to not think about is the fact that you're very um yeah, your very ability to access anything in particular that might make you happy, um, or to avoid anything that might make you suffer, has to go through that body. So it's like it's again, like in the in that analogy, the guard at any moment, it's up to him. At any moment he might just not show up. He might just he might decide to to not give you the thing that you ask for, or he might decide to throw uh to throw horrible things to you inside the prison cell instead of pleasant things so even if he's nice to you most of the time uh, if somebody is very lucky it's it's still ultimately um not a good not a good situation and it's not good to depend on that um on that guard and depend on the things in the prison cell for your long-term welfare and happiness that's really where the relevance of virtue and sense restraints come in in regard to even being able to um, to see what's for your long-term welfare and happiness Um, and we talk a lot about that obviously but it's not just this um, this random prerequisite virtue and sense restraint so that you can get the right view it's very directly relevant to this question of what's for your long lasting welfare and happiness um and and that should be if you've been thinking about about things in the in the way that i've just outlined it should already start to make sense why developing virtue for example um would be more along the lines of, of what would be for your welfare and happiness rather than depending on specific things in your life that you hold dear or that bring you joy. And that's because while um, circumstances changing or uh, can basically can take away or can uh, can destroy literally anything in particular that you can think of in your life that um, that you would hold dear, they can't. The, virtue is not something that can be just taken away in that sense. If it's being developed properly along the right lines, that that aggregate of virtue um, is something that is basically more uh, worthy to uh, to develop and to depend on than things like your body or anything that depends on your body so I, what i mean by developing the aggregate of virtue as well it's not just it, it would start obviously by taking on the basic the, the, the precepts so like practicing practicing at least the five precepts and ideally celibacy is the third but also then on top of that it means having um, the, having an attitude of just trying to avoid any fault in your in in your actions so avoiding any intentions, actions that are rooted in greed, aversion, delusion, distraction, impatience, jealousy. We all kind of know the things that shouldn't be done. And that so you shouldn't, so, so what you know shouldn't be done, you don't do it when it's rooted in, a, in an unwholesome intention. And so um, prioritizing this generally in your life, prioritizing the development of that virtue every day and working on that, and having that as as something that is is really your priority as opposed to any other particular goal that you might be trying to achieve. That's already, even if you're not specifically thinking about it and even if you're not specifically aiming to practice the Buddha's teaching, that's already going to um, train your mind to be more content, to have more strength, to have more uh, resilience. And, and you can see why that is, because it's like whatever might happen on a particular level, like even if, um, even if you lose your health or you lose um, particular things, that can't, that can't remove your virtue. It can't uh, make you be dis- start to be dishonest or start to, to act out of ill will and so on. And that's kind of an important thing to recognize even in itself because even if you follow that reflection through to its conclusion that's already showing you um, something important which is really like the line between where your responsibility begins and where it ends so like even if even if your own family is attacked that doesn't make you and doesn't justify you then attacking somebody else that's a completely different thing Um, and and just as you you can't guarantee no matter what you do you can't guarantee that your body will stay healthy, but even ill health can't can't make you unvirtuous if you've been training your mind and training your behaviour in that aggregate of virtue. So basically, that's why, like you can see, virtue is is more worthy to um, to depend on than than your body. And that's also why it's like. Um, as the suttas put it it's a source of blameless joy when when that aggregate of virtue is developed correctly it's um the, like they, they give that simile of a king who has defeated his enemies and he sees no danger in from any direction because he, he sees somebody who's developed this aggregate of virtue would see and know that nothing that can happen can take can take away that aggregate of virtue it's just it, it's there it's been developed nothing can make them act out of act out of ill will act out of greed um, and that's also actually by the way why it's um why that 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 is pretty much developing the um, composure of the mind so it's a composure in the sense of literally like something that contains anything that might happen or change on a particular level uh, day to day so um, so whatever might might happen will the, the mind will will become kind of immovable in it and that's literally because it has been developed along these lines of, of of recognizing its own responsibility in regards to other things that that other people might do or that or that might change on a on a on a particular level and so, so yeah it's containing you in the face of all the disturbance that might that, that happens in, in your body in your life in, in everything else that's also why um that that develops the the capacity for your mind to be able to start contemplating and recognizing the nature of things um that that kind of deep-rooted anxiety that i mentioned earlier and what that what that is rooted in it, Um, that basically means when you then start to contemplate the nature of impermanence and and change in general and things that would make you deeply anxious and afraid it means that you're able to do so without uh, just kind of falling apart and needing to shut your eyes to it and resort to some sensual pleasure or something to forget about it you have something to fall back on to resort to to contain you I mean, if you think about that simile that I mentioned, uh, that I mentioned earlier about this, uh, the guard and the prison cell, sensuality basically means um, taking the the particular things that you can get through the guard as your as a source of of happiness, basically. So you can see immediately how that is completely the opposite to. Um, to anything that would allow you to um, to recognize the nature of that situation for what it is because it's literally just rooted in ignoring the situation like, you know, quickly guard, give me something um, give me something that I can play with that I can look at, that I can enjoy, that I can take pleasure in it's, it's, it's basically just kind of fueling your sense of, of being in control of the prison um, like you think you're the king of the prison Uh, just because you can keep asking the guard for something and he gives it to you so it's like kind of um, helping you to ignore that fundamental lack of ownership and lack of control Um, so as long as you're keeping doing that it's completely impossible to actually recognize the situation for what it is Um, and it's also making you obviously more and more dependent on those on the guard <laughs> it's putting you more and more um, under his command and under his control the more you depend on the things that he can give you the the, the more that um, the more he has the capacity to hurt you and and um, and the more easily he can hurt you and that's why he can he can start torturing torturing you harming you and, and killing you <laughs> as the body does in the end So that's why, like nobody who develops the right view can possibly uh, maintain that valuing of sensuality, and uh, and it's also why sensual pleasure really, uh, from the point of from that point of view of what actually leads to long-term last long-term welfare and happiness as opposed to harm and suffering sensuality is a source of, of like blameworthy happiness if you want to put it in that way or really ultimately it, it's, it's not something pleasant it's not something that is uh, worthy to worthy to rely on or worthy to engage in and, and restraint on the other hand is actually uh, is, is much more pleasant from that point of view the, the, That that com- composed and contained mind has the capacity to see things clearly as it uh, as they are i think there's a sutta that says that as well then it's possible to contemplate those same thoughts that would um that would make you very anxious or afraid or that are are kind of pertaining to where that deep-rooted anxiety is and start to contemplate them um accurately which basically means contemplating the nature of your situation accurately without turning away from it without uh, finding another way to ignore it without um, kind of uh, resorting to some um, some method or management thing to just calm your mind down but just to, to basically hold it there until you can start to see the why the the reason for that anxiety is not in the 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 thing and that is not in the the the, the way that things are but is in your own kind of gratuitous resistance or attitudes wrong attitudes in regard to the way that, that, that the things are so and that really just comes down to having an attitude of sense of ownership and sense of control over things that you realize were never yours to own were never in your control And could never even be possible to own or control Um, and that's like and that's when the mind would kind of let go of that um, let go of that anxiety and let go of that resistance because it would see how futile and useless it is Um, like it makes no difference to the situation anyway so it's it's um, and that's why it's what that's why it's really the cause of suffering But again, that's something that you can only see if you have been, if you've been developing your mind along the right lines. If not, it's like literally your whole mindset is set against it, is set in maintaining the ignorance of it, is maintaining the impossibility of seeing it.